Hello, this is George Matt with Carolina Tar Wheels. Today we're at the Durham Bike Co-op with uh, Sabrina Olson of the Tar Wheels. And we have an event today that Sabrina's going to fill us in on. Sure. Well, today what we decided to do when we gave a grant to the Durham Bike Co-op was to think about an opportunity on uh, Martin Luther King Day to uh, do something to give back to the community. So I approached Allison Carpenter to see if there was an opportunity to partner with them to do some work in the afternoon. So today we have about 14 or 15 volunteers that came out to spend the afternoon at the co-op. Right now what we're doing is assessing bikes to see what they need and then there's going to be some repairs done to those bikes. Um, Some of us are very unskilled and others uh, know exactly what they're doing. So there's folks building locks which doesn't require skill and then um, someone's teaching us each step of the way on what to do. So great turnout today for a very cold afternoon. Great. Well thank you Sabrina. Eric Wiebe, Morton Tire. Uh, just wanted to say I'm really happy to be out here at the event and uh, helping out a really good cause with uh, the bike co-op. And uh, uh, always enjoy working on bikes. So it's good to see come out here and do that. So, All right. Well, thank yeah. you. This is Allison Carpenter. She's a grant coordinator for the bike co-op. That's right. Grant coordinator and uh, board member for the Durham Bike Co-op. Um, we are a all-volunteer nonprofit bike workshop in downtown Durham, and uh, as you guys know, Tar Wheels donated some funds from the Bike Fest in 2015 to our cause. We are finding a new home in Duke Park, a nearby uh, neighborhood near downtown, and we're very excited about the move. And um, during the the meeting that you guys had, where all of the grantees came and accepted the the award. Um, I spoke with Sabrina and Mark about a service day event, so that's how today came about. So, so yeah, it was it's a very nice uh, new uh, facility you have here. It's bigger well, than what you had before. Right? Well, this is our old space. Oh, this is the old. Okay. Yeah, so we're still getting the new space ready. We're actually still under construction over there. So the new space, you see that we're bare bones here. So, okay. Um, it actually is bigger. We had one other space previously on yeah, the Mango. That's the one I was. So that might be what you're thinking yeah, of because yeah. that was a little bit smaller. Yeah. So every time we're kind of stepping it up. So the new yeah. space actually has. A bike workshop and a separate office with volunteer lockers. Um, it'll have a little kitchenette, um, a really nice shiny new bathroom that's ADA compliant because we have to meet all the city standards. And uh, it'll actually also have a, a beautiful pole barn uh, so we can store all, all of our bikes instead of relying on this tent Kwanzaa hut structure over here uh, that you okay. see um, and our listeners can't see, but you get the idea. We're, we're going to have a lot of outbuildings and more space, and the grounds is just a lot nicer with more amenities for our volunteers. So, so. the city will provide that to the organization? So the uh, city, we are, uh, they have already approved our move, and uh, we're, you know, in the construction phase now for renovation work on all the buildings. And uh, so the city has granted us the park property, so we have a very low ceiling rent. So we pay a dollar a month, which is fabulous. So that's our arrangement with the city of Durham, and we're very thankful to the city for allowing us to occupy that space. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, if I'm a kid here living in Durham and I I don't have a bike and I'm interested, I I would like to have a bike, uh, how do I go about getting 
uh, a bike through your organization. So kids and adults, uh, people of all ages can come to the shop. Uh, for children, we do ask that they either have a waiver or a parent or a guardian with them. Um, and they come, they donate five hours of their time. We have all sorts of tasks, just like the, the volunteers today are working on different things from making locks to, you know, assessing bikes to, you know, sorting tubes and parts, dis- disassembling bikes, and then, of course, repairing bikes for those who are more mechanically skilled. You just go through five hours of volunteer time, and some of that is working on your own bike. And at the end, you, you get to pick one of our bikes here, one of the donated bikes to refurbish. And it's as simple as that. So, you know, it, it is a worker cooperative. So everybody who's a member, you know, puts in time and, uh, and donates their energy to, to the shop to help keep, keep things going. So Okay, yeah. okay. Sounds really good. Now, if I'm a kid who, who went through that program and I got a bike, and my bike always has a flat tire when I want to ride it. And uh, so what should I do? I mean, it, I'm not able to use this nice bike that I got. Is there some way you guys can help out? Well, we do see a lot of kids come back with broken things, you know, broken pedal or, you know, the brakes don't work anymore because we like to pop wheelies or whatever. Um, they do come back. So, I mean, this is also sort of a worker, a, a workshop space, you know, for anybody to take advantage of the tools and uh, the mechanic, the shared mechanic skills, because we do have some pretty um, sophisticated mechanics who volunteer here during open shop days who can help with anything uh, and we also have some really nice specialty tools that we kind of keep in this uh, in the uh, sort of caged off area so we can help people with all ranges of repairs from you know fixing a flat tube uh, overusing the, the the new bike that the kid got or uh, or you know somebody who's on a really unique Italian road bike that ha- that needs a special part to, to fix it. Um, so we, we kind of see all ranges of repair work that happens. So you're right, it is not just refurbishing bikes and giving those away, but it's also working with people to build, you know, the skills to repair their own bikes and uh, and to help people fix the bikes too. So, so if, if we came during the regular work hours, you could come in and somebody could maybe help show you how to change your, your tire or, or uh, patch your tire. Or Absolutely. And one thing that we do see when we work with youth is that it's great to have, especially in the inner city kind of neighborhoods. You know, we do see a lot of kids who might not have a lot of adult one-on-one time uh, as sort of an everyday standard. And so it is really great to see sort of the mentorship opportunities that unfold as people come into the shop. And uh, and people are really working side by side. It's, it's like uh, a Benetton commercial in the, in the bike co-op on an open Sunday. Um, you know, people from all walks come here and uh, it's a great service to the community. Um, really, we're a direct service organization. How did you get started with this? So a group of interested, enthusiastic cyclists in Durham got together in 2006 and started meeting. At that time, there were not many bike shops in Durham. They didn't sell used bikes, and uh, there wasn't really a bike advocacy group or any sort of kind of community uh, group for cyclists. And so a bunch of enthusiasts got together and said, hey, we should do this. And we started uh, meeting regularly. We got our 501c3 paperwork. We opened in 2007. And uh, I think we might have actually made it all official uh, somewhere later in the year. And it's been up and going ever since. So we have a lot of really dedicated volunteers, which is great. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great service to the community. It really is. Yeah, well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming. And thank you uh, to all the Tar Wheels for all of your support. 
Sheila Taylor is here. She's working with locks today. Yeah. And what we're doing is we first cut chain, we put it in old tubes, and then we check to make the, sure that the locks work. And then each lock will sell for approximately $10, which is cheaper than people can buy U-locks for. So when they have commuter bikes, they can lock them up. So you're, you're an avid rider. I know I've, yes. I've seen you out on the trail. You've led some uh, tar wheels. Yes, uh, I lead uh, the before. slow rides. Yeah, the, I, I ride the slow rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I lead the slow ride. <laughs> so I am an endurance rider. Right. I do a lot of miles, but they're all slow. Yeah, and your husband rides as well. Yeah, right? and he's even slower than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm slower, and he's the slowest. <laughs> but I will ride with anybody that is slower than me. So sometimes I will ride on the trail with even the old men for a short while, um, the ones that are going eight, nine miles an hour. And I have even ridden with my granddaughter where I had to put my foot down to keep my balance because she was going about four to six miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a challenge sometimes, isn't it? But I can't always do the faster rides. Yeah. I have done faster rides, and then I'm exhausted, and then I don't feel like doing anything the rest of the day, so that's not my cup of tea. Well, you cover some distance on these yeah. slow rides. It depends on the weather. So during the summer, I average sometimes 280 to 300 miles a week, and in the winter, I may average 200 miles for a month. I think we need to really get a lot of slower riders, hybrid riders, into doing some group rides to encourage people to ride more. Because when you're social, you tend to ride more and you don't realize how many miles you do. And even if we have those that are riding 8 to 10 miles an hour, if they did a two-hour ride, that could be a 15, 16-mile ride. Um, but we need to do more to encourage these people to ride and to have people that would lead it. Also, low traffic, because that's becoming more and more of an issue in the Triangle area. Absolutely. So this is Greg Garneau. He's the shop coordinator and a purchasing coordinator, right? Right, and then what we call the cash or consignment bike program, which is where we have the, ver the very nicest donations are very uh, nicely sold by one of the local bike shops, actually two of the local bike shops, and they take a commission and we take the bulk of the proceeds. So we uh, provide services to a lot of uh, low-income folks, and so the shops barely break even, and so we keep our nose above water by this method of selling consignment bikes. Okay. It's essential okay. to us. Okay. Now, do you sell any bikes here or all these giveaway bikes that you have here? Well, we will begin to do that in 2016. We've changed our model a little bit, and that's what's going on today. This is actually having a group of experienced cyclists here to evaluate the bicycles means that we're going to fix them up and have them almost roadworthy when somebody who's seeking a bicycle comes in. And that way, the amount of repairs is almost complete, and they can do some simple ones to familiarize themselves with the, the bike, bicycle and the safety features, and then walk away after paying us $10 for the new parts that we put into it. So we think so it's a $10 bike rather than a free bike, but very, very affordable and very nice bikes when we get, when we get done with them. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, how did you get started in uh, working on bikes and, and this organization? Well, I had been a commuter, actually a pretty serious utility bike commuter to my office for several years. And uh, I joined the Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Commission at the, at the request of a friend. The two of us joined. And we were interested in promoting cycling citywide. And so this seemed to be a good way to get involved with grassroots cycling. Okay. Tell me what it's like for a typical day when you come in as a shop coordinator here. Well, uh, what I do is a special program. I am working with uh, immigrant resettlement right now. Their first piece of transportation when they come to the United States is a bicycle. And so they're going to their first job here in the U.S., and they need a bicycle and probably some bus transportation to get there. And so that's what I do is I provide that for them. And they come and work using the same model that we have uh, for the general population. And it, it's really worked out very well. And, of course, they're extremely grateful for anything, any help you can give them in that way. It was a wonderful pe group of people to work with. So my name is Carol Stern, and uh, my husband is Greg, and he's been working with the co-op for many years, and I've gotten involved in the last couple of years, especially excited about the new space at Duke Park. With Greg, we do the bike helmet program. There's an organization called Safe Kids Durham that provides us with free helmets for uh, children with the only restriction that we have to fit the helmets on the children uh, before we give them away. So last year, we gave away 354 helmets. In addition to Safe Kids Durham, we also get helmets from North Carolina Department of Transportation. Okay, interesting. Now, how do you hook up with the kids? We have we are doing it with different events. We have worked with uh, the library system uh, when they have a bike rodeo. Uh, that was organized, organized through Bike Durham, and we're planning a couple of those uh, coming up. Uh, we did uh, an event at Earth Day, and uh, there was an event at Solite Park last summer where they were fixing the pump track, and we came and, and fitted children for helmets. So... Um, it's a growing business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. I know uh, just from the kids in, in our neighborhood, when they uh, they get those little bikes going and they start putting ramps in the street and start jumping and doing yes. all sorts of crazy yes. things, it's really nice. Well, and, and bike helmets are expensive, and uh, children change sizes very rapidly, so having a good, well-fit um, helmet is really important. And also, if you establish a culture when children are young and they think it's kind of cool, then they're more likely to wear them growing up. There were, We did a... Um, a program at Mangum Elementary, um, and I heard that a couple of first graders came into school afterwards and brought their helmets for show and tell. So. All right. Well, thank you. Sure. <laughs> What's your name? Brent. Okay. And uh, how did you come by this bike here that you're donating? Well, I I live in an apartment complex, and I saw the bike was leaned inside the dumpster, and I was throwing out my trash, and I thought, who would throw away this bike? So I threw it in the back of my truck. And brought it over, put it in the tent. Yeah, some little kid will be happy with that. Yeah. It looks like maybe a, a first bike for some kid. All right, well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, no appreciate problem. it. We have Kevin Young with us here yep. from the bike co-op. Correct. And you're... Yep. So I'm a member, and I'm coordinating the, uh, the donations, supporting that part of what we do, and supporting the... Um, the scrap parts. When members come in, 
um, and we have a bike that's clearly not going to be usable anymore, it becomes a learning tool, right? Because they disassemble it. As they disassemble it, they learn the different bike parts are through that process, and then they'll sort them, our shorting drawers, for reuse on another bike to mm-hmm. be rebuilt. So I guess uh, when you build a bike from parts, you have to know which parts are compatible. Yeah, right? exactly right, yeah. exactly right. So something I've learned only recently. So some, there are so many different brands, and you got metric and English and all yeah, that to yeah. <laughs> deal with. It, it kind of stinks, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> the day where there was just like every part fit every bike. Gosh, that would make this so much easier, so much yeah. quicker. Why don't they do that? <laughs> well, this is a great service you're doing, Kevin. Thank uh, you. We, in the community, you really appreciate it. Well, we're, we appreciate Tall Wheels coming here and helping us out. So the more bikes we move, the better for everyone, right? More people on bikes. That's the mission. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Uh, my name is Steve, and looks like you're, you're working on a cable there, a brake cable, or uh... well, this is a shifter cable for a bike. It looks like the bike itself is in pretty good shape. Um, it came into the co-op, obviously a donation, but we've been I've been checking it out, and it looks like the reason it got here was the rear rear shifter was not working, and so I'm working on fixing that and putting in a new cable, and hopefully when that's done. Uh, the bike will be well on its way to being recycled and reused. Yeah, it looks like a nice bike. It's a giant Yukon, like a mountain bike. Mountain bike, yeah. yeah. So do you, do you work on bikes much uh, on your own? or? Uh, well, you... I, I work on my own bikes. Um, I've got, com- compared to some folks, I've only got a small stable of three. I've got a touring bike, which is going to get more use as soon as the weather warms up. i got a road bike, which gets used... Uh, quite a bit, and then I've got an old mountain bike that gets used mostly on rail trails. I basically do all my own mechanic work on those unless I've come into something that needs special tools or expertise like uh, building wheels. I don't, I don't build wheels. Uh, I, got a, I got a mechanic down the, down the street who does, all, who does that stuff for a very reasonable price, and it saves a lot of frustration on this end. Yeah, I'm always surprised that kind of the specialized knowledge, like a, a bicycle, sort of looks simple. You can see all the parts, unlike a car where it's hidden under the hood. But when you go to actually change them out or adjust them, sometimes it's more subtle than you think. Yes. Some of these, especially especially on this one, the shifters, uh, it's a Shimano shifter. And Shimano is great at building very in, in, intricate mechanisms. Uh, they make fishing poles and fly rods and stuff like that, and their bike shifters are very similar to that. And uh, I've repaired them before. This one, this one needed a needed a little little bit of lube and flush. Luckily, no more than that. Um, the grease, after a while, the original grease they get, they put in it gets hard, and then the thing won't shift. And so before you tear it all apart, you flush it out and you re-lube it and cross your fingers. And in that case, it worked on this one. Oh, so. nice job, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, carry on. Okay. Well, that's it for today's podcast. You can email us at info at tarwheels.org or go to tarwheels.org for our ride calendar or to join the club. Happy trails. <laughs>